Another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other host. I'm Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And today, we uh, I always say my favorite episodes are the episodes where we get to have a guest with us, and today we do. Someone who actually involved in the production of the movie Apollo 13. Uh, with us uh, is Brett Collin. Brett, thank you so much for coming on today. That's my pleasure. Uh, well, so tell us about it. We have so many questions we've been lining up, I think, <laughs> uh, for the last few days. Tell us you know, a little bit about how you... How did you find out you were going to be in the movie? Uh, well, I had to audition, uh, like everybody else, pretty much, except for Tom and a few of the other guys. But um, how I found out I was going to be in it is I auditioned uh, with Ron, and then my wife auditioned, who was also in the movie. And she was talking to Ron, and she saw these pictures on a wall behind him because they put, you know, how they put actors' photos up that are going to be in their film. And she's, Ron was looking at her, staring. He says, "What's going on?" She goes, "That's so weird." And he said, "Why?" She said, "Well, that's my husband." And he goes, "Oh, he's going to be in my movie." <laughs> and uh, she came home and told me. And I'm like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> so that's how I got the initial thing. And then the odd thing was, I was originally cast as Capcom Two, who was, uh, you know, a good role. But then an actor that he wanted for Capcom 1 didn't think the role was large enough. And so he dropped out. And Ron said, well, let's just give that to Brett. So that's how I became the main Capcom. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then uh, of course, uh, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about the, from the Earth to the Moon later. But uh, so what kind of training did you have to go through when you found out that, you know, you were going to be Capcom? What kind of stuff did they give you to study? And, you know, what, what kind of process was there? Well, they had a uh, mission control school that we had to go through with two of the guys who were the actual uh, mission control guys who were, you know, one, the, two of the original guys that were a part of Apollo 13. And I also went through wardrobe and they had me dressed like everyone else with a you know white shirt and a tie. And all of a sudden, Rita Ryak, the costumer, comes down and says, I, I need you. And I said, what's going on? And she said, come with me. And she goes, you're not wearing this. And I said, what am I wearing? And she goes, well, we just found out the Capcom, th those guys that do that were the backup crew. So you're an astronaut. So we got to change your wardrobe out and you got to wear all these other clothes. And I said, well, what do you got? And she goes, oh, you're not going to want to wear these shirts. And I said, why? And she goes, well, Tom and Kevin and Bill all said they didn't want to wear that. And I said, why? And she goes, well, they're really bright. And I went, well, let me see them. And she brought them out. And I said, I'll wear those. And she goes, you will. And I go, I'm in a room with 35 men. If I can wear an orange shirt or a yellow shirt or a baby <laughs> blue shirt, I'll wear it. These people will see me. So that's how that kind of happened. But I, I was in Michigan. And as soon as that happened as well, I was then uh, told I had to go to astronaut training school, which Dave Scott was the uh, technical advisor. So I was sent over to the t to the basically it was uh, Tom and Kevin and, and uh, Bill and Gary. And then I walked in and sat down and Bill Paxson and I, God bless his soul. He's no longer with us, but um, he's a really old friend of mine. He leans over to me. <laughs> I sit down next to him and he goes, Hey man, that's Dave Scott. I went, yeah. And he goes, that guy took a crap on the moon, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we all 
and Dave told us to shut up. But uh, <laughs> I had to do both both the, the, the Capcom and the Mission Control training. And when I was finished with the uh, Mission Control, when we finished the movie, actually, uh, they were the two Jerry's, Jerry Bostic, who uh, they gave me an actual certificate saying that I was actually qualified to actually do a real mission because I'd learned it. So <laughs> oh, well. Wow. I mean, I, of course, NASA wouldn't let me do that, but they oh, said wow. I was so cool <laughs> on it. But it was a really incredible experience it was an incredible movie it's still one of my probably one of my favorite experiences working on a film also because you know my wife was in it and uh, and ron is such a nice man and such a good soul and, and i knew ed harris so it was kind of nice to be around all these people and a lot of the actors that were in there you know we all knew each other because we all been around and so it was like you know just going to work with a bunch of friends wow wow and you would wind up in just a few years playing the man who taught you how to be an astronaut dave scott yes I did. I got a phone call from Tom who said, hey, Brad, it's Tom. And I was like, hey, man, how you doing? He goes, look, how would you like to play Dave Scott in From the Earth to the Moon? And I went, uh, when and where? It's like, of course I would. Uh, I ended up doing that with Tom. You know, he produced it. He directed one of the episodes I was in. And I got to be around Dave a lot, who we became very close friends. And in actuality, uh, he called me up when From the Earth to the Moon was airing. And he lived in Manhattan Beach. And he said, wife Lurton, who they're no longer married. But he called up and said, hey, what are you doing on Sunday? And I said, why? And he goes, you want to come over and watch a show with me and Lurton? I said, well, my, he goes, well, your wife as well. And I said, well, we have a friend from Canada, my wife's best friend. He goes, well, bring her. So we went over there and we had cooked steaks. And he and I walked down to the beach and we came back in time for the show to start. And we sat there with little TV trays like he did in the, in the 50s and the 60s in front of the TV and had dinner while we watched From the Air to the Moon. And, I, you know, it was a very surreal experience for me because, one, I'm watching me play Dave, who's actually sitting next to me. And he was there and there all along. And he would say stuff to me, like when we were shooting, I'd say, well, how, how was that? And he goes, it was better than what I did. So, you know, <laughs> but I remember when it was over, it was a really moving experience because it was a, a, a pretty you know important moment in his life. And because he's the astronaut that found the original crust of the moon. And yeah. um, that was his mission. And I remember sitting there and I watched and it was, and he, he didn't move an inch. He didn't look at me. He just like kind of looked at his tray and said, thank you. Wow. That was pretty powerful. Well, and I got to tell you, I still get chills uh, every time I watch that episode when you deliver the line about um, which landing site to go to. And you, you yeah. talk about with Dr. Silver about going where you guys were going because uh, you believed in uh, it had it had grandeur. You know, and I'm like, man, that is just too cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a beautifully written show. It's I've run into so many people and I've had people write me teachers who actually use uh, from the earth to the moon as a as a teaching tool to teach kids about the uh, the nasa program and about the apollo program and about what those guys are going through and what they you know were trying to accomplish so it's you know it's, it was beyond the fact that I, I got to do two very very cool projects and got to work with amazing talented people you know, they, they were impactful and I actually had friends who didn't want to see Apollo 13 after it was over when we wrapped it and it came out and I said, why? And they said, well, I know the ending. I said, just go see it. A friend of mine, one of them, a photographer, called me up the next day. said, man, I was crying. I was jumping up and down. It was, you know, it's, it's cool. So it's, a, it's, very, it's a very important, uh, I think, moment in my life, being able to be involved with that project. What was it like? I mean, we're, we're talking about Apollo 13, but during From the Earth to the Moon, what was it like acting in a suit? in a full, you know, like gear. Well, we were in, well, not, I, I had the, the episode that was about Dave's mission. Uh, we actually, we shot some of it in Orlando 
but we shot up probably about a week or five days. We went to Borrego Springs in California, which is, you know, out by Salt and Sea, out past Palm Springs. And it's, uh, it looks just like the moon it's insane it's it's such an incredible state i think it's a state or national park that we shot in and the ranger came up to me because we had to run around and do all this stuff and it was probably 110 degrees 115 degrees and he gave me a bottle of water and he says you see this i go yeah and he goes you need to drink one of those every five minutes and i went well that's a lot of water and he goes, you expel that much in five minutes with the heat here it comes out of your lungs so you need to drink this water and i actually at one point i think probably did get a bit dehydrated because the makeup lady came up to me broke for lunch and I just had to run up this hill and I had my hands on my knees and she said are you okay and I said yeah yeah I'll be there in a minute just I'm just catching my breath and then I go to, to you know catering and I'm sitting there and the, the producers come up with a medic and they start saying can we talk to you and I'm like why what's going on and they went I, I didn't know what was going on they checked me my my vitals and I said is everything okay and they said yeah, yeah we just want to check you because we we're out there and then I found out the makeup lady went up to him and said you need to go talk to Brett I think something's wrong and they said what do you mean he goes well when I asked me if he's coming lunch I literally she said I sounded like this I said <laughs> wow and I, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, it was pretty intense. Uh, it was really cool being out there. And I also got to be really good friends with a buddy of mine who was the second unit, the special effects second unit uh, deep director of photography, Tony Catrono. Because when we wrapped there, everyone, we it was a silly thing they did. You had to be vanned from there to San Diego to fly to L.A. Now, that, that's like, you know, that's, that's about a six-hour event. Whereas if you just drove from Borrego Springs back to Los Angeles, it's like three hours. And... The the uh, assistant director was leaving with the with Tony, the uh, the second unit director, uh, DP. I mean, and um, I said, well, can I get a lift? And he goes, well, he wants to know where you live. And I said, tell him I live in Venice Beach. And he goes, oh, he'll give you a lift. I go, why? He goes, well, he lives in Venice. And we're driving down the highway. And I said, where do you live in Venice? Turns out he lives half a block from me. <laughs> so he and I became really close friends, and um, we still he still lives half a block from me. But it was an incredible event. I mean, when uh, from there to the moon, when I showed up. The first night, me and one of my uh, my buddy who played, I, I nicknamed him Limbo because he was always with me, uh, and you know he, he went to the moon with me. And um, Gareth, Gareth Williams, and Gareth and I, you know, we were all excited. And I had talked to production to let me drive a car from L.A. to Borrego Springs, so I didn't have to fly to San Diego and do all that stuff. And they say, okay, you can do it, but don't tell anyone. So I had a car, which they of course just let me drive there and then took it from me. And and Gareth and I, we went and had this lovely dinner and started drinking scotch and just saying how great it was to be out of Orlando and probably had a two or three, probably one too many. And Dave was in uh, the, the restaurant with us at the hotel, having dinner with the producer and, and the, the waitress was talking to Gareth and I, and we were saying what we were doing there. And then I looked over at Dave and I said, you see that man over there? That man said, that man walked on the moon. That man found the original crust. That man is an American hero. And before I could even open my mouth, while I was taking a breath to say something else. Dave in his classic, you know, Dave Scott way, didn't move a muscle, just sit out of the side of his mouth. Shut up, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I shut up. You know, when Dave talked, you listened. <laughs> but he's a great guy. And I mean, Tom Hanks is one of the, the, the all time great guys. I mean, getting to work with him on Apollo and how open he was with everybody and then working with him on this, you know, that from the earth to the moon was, I think it was about seven months that we were all sort of engaged in the show. And I, the, you know, and HBO did a thing. It was the way they paid everyone. So it was kind of squirrely. We weren't all making a lot of money, but we were all wanting to be a part of it. And I had two jobs come up that paid me some really, really good money. 
and a couple of times, and both of them, they like overlapped when they needed me, like by a day. And I called Tom and I said, this is what's going on. He goes, what are they paying you? And I told him, he goes, you go do that job. And I said, well, I don't want to screw you up. And he goes, well, let's see, I'm the producer and the director on this. So um, you go do it. And when you're ready to come back and shoot that, we'll fly everyone else out and we'll shoot those scenes. So that's what he did. Wow. So, I mean, you know, that's the kind wow. of thing you don't get very often from people, you know, in this business, because they're all just so like, you know, counting their pennies. But I guess HBO had enough money to be able to afford to do that. And it was it was wow. obviously something that I felt very grateful for. A long time ago, I had interviewed one of your uh, co-stars, uh, Tom Amandes, who was on the Apollo 17 mission. He played Jack Schmidt. And he said that he didn't get to ride the rig, but the when they were filming the lunar surface scenes, uh, the stuntmen had to wear these basically gigantic helium balloons that would pick them up in the air so they could float around. And he said it just... It, yeah, well, it, that was shot... Uh, that was second unit. Well, it was considered second unit. I mean, it was... But it was after... That was shot in Los Angeles in an airplane hangar. And they created the set of the moon and with special effects in, in uh, CGI. And they had these in order for them to be able to move the way you would need to, because the thing they did with us in Orlando, because it was really warm in Orlando, even in the winter, and you're wearing these huge suits and everything, they'd put this um, vest around you with that had tubing attached to it. And when we would be in between takes, they'd hook us up, that this tubing would be hooked up to the sink that would shoot ice cold water through our around that vest to cool our core down, because you'd get really hot. Yeah. And that was one of the things that kind of kept you uh, sane, you know, you literally, they'd say cut and you go, hook me up, hook me up, you know, sweat dripping down your, you know, but the cool thing about that, when, cause I went out there and I did have to shoot, uh, out there because they had to see us get the, the, the rock, you know, the, where we say yeah. we found it, we found it. And, um, they did have, it wasn't just a helium. It was probably a collection of about eight helium balloons connected to each stunt man who was doing the work when they would run across the, the, the lunar surface. Pretty impressive. Wow. wow. And very effective on the show. I mean, it looked like you all had gone on location. <laughs> on the yeah. Right. No, it was, that, that was a beautifully shot show. Was, and I think, you know, I've done a lot of mini, I was, I'm, I did the Thornbirds way back when, when I was a young man and it's the second highest rated miniseries of all time. But then you watch that and you watch something like from the earth to the moon, which Irregardless of when it was made, it's going to hold up for for all time because it's it's just so well constructed and it's you know obviously a period piece, but it's just beautifully done. Yeah, well told story. Yeah. Well, like we like you said, we use it you know in in the education area to teach people about what the Apollo program was and what each individual mission was. And I mean, between that, from the Earth to the Moon, the Apollo 13, that's pretty much what we use to teach people about the early space program. And yeah, uh, well, I mean, inspire a lot of young kids, that's for sure. I mean, you had the Mercury stuff, but that that was a whole other ball of wax. But that was so, that was almost kind of like, let's just put a guy in a rocket and see what happens. <laughs> Whereas this had so much, the science involved. And that's the other thing about, it's one of my favorite lines, and I have, several friends but one of my, my my i think one of my favorite lines in the movie of apollo 13 was ed harris's when he said this is going to be nasa's greatest failure and he said i beg to differ i think this is going to be nasa's greatest uh, success which yeah. in my mind it was because you took guys up in the moon put them in space and had everything go wrong that could possibly go wrong and they had to by the seat of their pants you know and by ingenuity figure out a way of getting those three men back to earth alive and they did it and you know there's not many programs that can do that sort of thing because of the technicality and the, the precision that it takes to 
do everything. I mean, those guys, what was great is those guys actually became pilots. They had to actually pilot that thing into the, into, back into the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. I think it was a phenomenal story. One of the, I think one of America's greatest stories about ingenuity and how people pull together and make something happen for the bad. Now, you, Brett, you grew up. I grew up in Houston, yeah. You, grew, you up. grew up in Houston, so this was kind of like a company town for you. Where, uh, well, uh, the interesting thing is, there, I forget the actress. I can't think of his name right now. But I auditioned for Apollo, and the way Ron did it, he's have two of us come in at a time and read these lines, right? So we were kind of working with each other, and I read with this guy. And then Ron goes, hey, hey so Brett, um, you're originally from Houston. I said, yes, sir, I, I grew up. You know, right down from, you know, it's Space City, basically what you call Houston. And I said, you know, that's just the League Cities and Clear, Clear Lakes just down the road. So, you know, yeah, we were all part of that. That was part of our history, part of what we grew up with. And he talked to me about it a bunch, and then we left. And then years later, I'm doing From the Earth to the Moon with that actor I was in the room with. And I can't remember his name, and you know it's, it's Tom something. He, we were, he's poking me in the back. And I finally turned, I said, why are you poking me? And he goes... You don't remember me, do you? And I said, yeah, we read together for a play. He goes, yeah, and then you just started talking. I didn't get a word in edgewise. He didn't ask me anything. And I said, well, he was talking to me. What are you supposed to say? Oh, yeah, I'm from Houston. Why don't you talk to him now, Ron? <laughs> and he goes, no, I know, I know. It's just, it was so irritating because you were so perfect and I wasn't. Can we, I, I have to ask you, yeah, what, ask were the, well, well, what were the sets like? Well, the one question I had, the set in, in Mission Control on Apollo 13, was it the same set used from the Earth to the Moon, or was that different? No, that was totally different. From the Earth to the Moon, we shot, in, like I said, at, in, uh, at MGM at Orlando, uh, in Orlando, Florida. Uh, the sets we built were on Stage 8 at Universal for the, for the Mission Control and for some of, that, some of the party scenes and stuff. But uh, the interesting thing is we were, you know, Jerry Bostic, who was sort of my lead guy, as a technical advisor for the mission control training. At one point we're shooting and he goes, I had a question for you. He said, come on, let's get a cup of coffee. And he walks over this door and he opens it and it opens into like, you know, nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And he goes, God, this is so realistic. I actually thought we were in the real mission because that's where the coffee room was. <laughs> like, no, no, we got to go to craft service, buddy. <laughs> so. That's fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, I you know, that movie is one of those films that, you know, it's, it was the matter of Ron's genius, uh, great actors doing good work, working hard together, an amazing crew, just everything about it. Uh, it was just a very, very special experience for everyone. Is it the one that you mostly get asked about? I mean, I know I, my wife, when I mentioned who you were, I, I finally said, you know, Goodwin from, from Lost. <laughs> But she remembers I get there. probably the most that I get now uh, is either the replacements or lost because the generation, you know, I mean, my generation knows it, but you know, like the kids today or like that are 30 or 40, you know, the replacements was a big, funny comedy sports yeah. movie. Uh, lost obviously was iconic. And, um, some people know me from person of interest, uh, dark night rises, you know, it just depends on what they're, you know, what they watch really. But I kind of, I'm, I've, I've been very fortunate in my career. I've made a living for 40 years and, you know, I, I kind of fly under the radar so I can tend to go out and do what I want as opposed to, you know, like I grew up with, you know, some actors who were quite famous and they can't do that. You know, they go out and, oh, they're so, you know, they see them and they're <laughs> recognized and everyone's looking at them. And me, they kind of look at me like, do I know you? And what? which I'd rather prefer because I can, I can live my life and, and still be an artist and an actor and, create different roles and 
just sort of, uh, you know, do what I do, just surf and golf when I'm not uh, acting. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. <laughs> when you were, when you were working on Lost, how long were you uh, based in Hawaii? Oh, I would come in and out. I mean, I think the longest I was there for it was for about three weeks at one spell because that was that one, the first episode I did. And the rest of the stuff was all flashbacks because if you watched that oh, episode, yeah. you saw that I was speared by Michelle Rodriguez and dead. <laughs> and then all the other stuff is all flashback stuff. I was just so wondering. I, I was off and on there for like five seasons, six seasons, I think. But I'd come in and do one or two episodes or one episode a year, you know. I was just um, wondering if you got any uh, surfing time in when you were out there. Yes, I did. Awesome surfed on the north shore i went over to Kauai a couple of times and surfed over there because i have a lot of friends on the island of Kauai. nice wow that's gotta be good surfing out there oh yeah you know, I've got <laughs> to surf in australia new zealand mexico hawaii south africa wow all surfing on, around the all world basically. Dime. <laughs> wow well, that's you know kind of cool wow fantastic well we've got some more uh, minute, Capcom minutes coming up, and we hope to have you on a future episode to uh, to talk more about this. Yeah, this, if I got the time, guys, I'm more than happy to talk. That's fantastic. Wow, thank and, you so much. Uh, right, this, well, thank you guys for having me on, and uh, good luck with the show. And I and I hope uh, I talk to you soon. Thanks, Brett. Uh, another great episode. And for folks wanting to listen to uh, other great episodes, we've got a bunch out there at our big website, Apollo13minute.com, Apollo13minute.com, where you can listen to previous episodes and read summaries of each minute. Uh, if you'd like to have it delivered to you automatically every day, uh, just go to either iTunes or Google Play, type Apollo13minute in their search bar, and then click subscribe when it comes up, and you can have us delivered hot and fresh every morning, Monday through Friday, and uh, don't miss a single episode. Uh, if you'd like to talk back with us, we are always available on the social media. You can find us on Facebook at the Apollo 13 Minute Mission Control or at uh, Twitter on Apollo 13 Minute. Uh, we will be back next week as things are going to kind of suddenly turn grim for the crew. But uh, check us out next week. Looks like we're coming up on Lost of Signal in about 30 seconds. So we will see you here on Monday on the Apollo 13 Minute.